healed heart, what does it mean? And how does God heal our hearts? So hopefully today, as we unpack the word, we'll find out how we are getting healed progressively. And it is a lifelong process. Like we heard in that video, we're not where we were, thank God. I know when I um, heard the gospel for the first time, um, my heart was as hard as, because I work with kids, I've got object lessons, right? (laughs) My heart was as hard as a rock. A crust around my heart. Totally, every single one of us come to God with a hard heart because we're born with a sin nature. We are born into this earth with a nature of sin, beautiful, gorgeous babies, but within us there's a problem. And it started way back in Genesis when there was disobedience in the garden and evil and sin and the devil entered into the earth and into our hearts. It's called we were dead in sin, the Bible says, dead in sin. So our heart, my heart was so hard. And then life happens and things that hurt us or happen to us makes our heart stonier. And it's like God is always trying to come and woo us into a loving, beautiful relationship because when we do open our hearts to God, who loves Play-Doh? Our hearts are pliable, malleable, and God can take our hearts and make us into the beautiful vessel that he has pre-designed for every one of us. He is the potter. The Father is the potter and we are the clay. So he's totally transforming us and making us into vessels of honour. When I came to God, I didn't honour God. I didn't think about God. I was doing my own thing, living my own way until somebody told me what Jesus did for me at the cross and that changed my life forever. But then there's hard work to be done. Hard work, heart work. It's even harder not to do it. So we're going to talk about that today. Thank you, Jesus. It's through his love for us and his supernatural ability, his presence, his power, and the Holy Spirit that is at work within us that causes the transformation. We just come to him and yield our lives to him, and he takes us through the process Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's glorious. And both work together. If we're willing to go to the pain, take it to the cross where Jesus bore our pain and let him heal us. It's his ability. And then in James, it says in 1 James 21, it says the implanted word is able to save our soul. I know you're reading the whole scripture and that's good. But the part that I want to point out is we implant the word of God and that's what does the change. 
Yes, the born-again experience transforms us from a death sentence to a life eternal sentence with God. But the work of the healing of our hearts through the losses that we've suffered, through the pain that we've endured, sometimes we just suck it up. You know, you hear that, suck it up, princess. That's not what the Holy Spirit says. He says, come to me, prince, princess, come to me. Bring the pain, acknowledge the pain, and I'll pour in my healing. You know, the key scripture, I mean, before I say that, so it's the, whole, it's the Holy Spirit working through the word, but it's also people working alongside of us. Thanks, Jason, for sharing about connect groups. Because part of my story is um, a couple of years ago, 2020, who remembers that year? Well, I soldiered on. We're going to make online church for all the churches of the universe. We're going to help everybody on the planet. We are, I am superwoman. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And yes, I'm not making a mockery of that scripture, but God didn't ask me to save the whole world because he did it, right? But for some reason, over 30 years of full-time ministry, I had this superwoman cape on thinking it was up to me to reach every child on the planet and let them know. In 2020, thank you, (laughs) praise the Lord. In 2020, I hit the wall. I hit, slammed the wall. Some of you did too. Some of your families did. And for the first time in a long time, I found a connect group. And I went to the connect, and the Holy Spirit said to me, don't go to this connect group as Pastor Kathy. Go as the woman, Kathy Clancy. The broken woman. And my beautiful Barb and the girls that are in the connect group saw me walk through the door. I was emaciated. I'd lost a lot of weight. I was not well in my mind, not thinking the thoughts that I should have thought. And I was desperate. And they just loved me. They still are. I love my connect group. And I'm back on deck. But... Vulnerably, you have to take off props, the mask. Is there any emotion in this mask? Can you see my brokenness when I come to church and, how are you doing? I'm fine. Well, in those Days I was sitting in the back row after eight weeks of not being able to come to church because I couldn't even get past my front door. When I finally came to church, I saw the worship team like, someone said, can you sit up the front? I'm like, I can't sit up the front. I couldn't even lift my hands. I couldn't stand up for more than 10 minutes in the presence of God. But I decided that I'm just going to crawl my way back to the place that Jesus had prepared for me in my freedom. And I learnt, and I've learnt many lessons in this journey of wellness. And now I'm a school chaplain. Helping young people 
to wellness. And I continue to preach and teach in churches as well. But it's God. So in our key scripture that Pastor John has unpacked for us so beautifully, and I would suggest that you go back to the other messages on the transformational series and, and listen to his preaching and others. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, in the Amplified Bible, this is the laser version, and we all with unveiled face, all right, more props. Okay, don't worry about that. That'll just... Okay, so if we're unveiled face, then once we had a, a dark veil over us. Oh, that's scary, isn't it? <laughs> okay, we were veiled. This is just a physical um, showing of what happened when we asked Jesus into our life, the veil that clothed closed our eyes to the glorious beauty of the gospel was lifted off. And look at this. So now we have a mirror. The mirror isn't mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? The mirror is this, the Word of God. When we open the Word of God, we find ourselves here. It's a living, breathing book of life and transformation and so we take the word and look at this. We with all with unveiled face continually, everybody say continually, seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are progressively being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to even more glory. Everybody say more glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So this glorious transformation is happening while we sit, just as we were told this morning with Dave, with his amazing leading us this morning, that in the presence of God, being together, there's something about reading the word by yourself in your devotional time and having a, a, a time with the Lord. But how many times more powerful when we come together and we're singing and we're praising alongside one another and we're lifting each other up and saying, come on, you can do this. How much more in this anointing? That's why the enemy tries to isolate people from gathering. And so here in this moment, you and I, I am being transformed in this moment. And are you and I expecting God to do and move powerfully every time we come to church? We are being transformed even now. Part of this glorious transformation is the Holy Spirit working on the deep things. Oh, I'm catching myself here. On the deep things, the matters of the heart. Joelle, can you come and loose me, woman? <laughs> Loose that woman. Thank you. And you can take it off. Oh, yeah. Thanks, honey. Do you want to take it off? Because I'll get caught again, knowing me. Yeah, it comes off. Don't worry. I can stand like this forever and preach. No worries. Thank you, darling. Let's give Joelle a clap. Thank you. Okay. The deep things, the matters of the heart, we have all been wounded, hurt, like I said. All these things have potential of robbing us, stealing and killing from us because that's the intention of the enemy. When I was unwell, the enemy wanted me. The biggest attack wasn't my body or my mind. It was actually trying to rob my faith, trying to doubt 
God's love for me. One thing the Holy Spirit revealed was, Kathy, you've got an orphan spirit, an abandonment issue from way back when. But the Holy Spirit went there and he's helped me. And so he wants to do a deep work. Sometimes we need counselling. Who's had counselling? Come on. Yeah, good on you. Those people are there to help us through. And God is good because he brings us his Holy Spirit through people's love, through people's care, through people's um, giving of themselves to one another. It's one another love. That's the church. So your heart is your inner life. The person on the inside that no one sees but God. He sees and knows everything that has happened to you and he cares about you. There are reasons why you've got the mask on and God knows why. So he's not going to rip it off you. He's going to ask you to throw it away. It's up to you to take the mask off and like Jason said and like we're all hearing today, to be vulnerable, to go and say, I need help. He knows everything and he cares about everything. And he cares about, you know, the things that in my life, in the transformational, the revelation is I've inflicted pain on others. It's not just my, my pain. I've been the pain inflictor as well through selfishness, through, through being traumatised, self-defence, protection, trying to guard my own heart when I need God to guard it for me. I can't guard my own heart. Well, the scripture says, we're going to go there in a little while, guard your own heart, and so we'll find out how to do that. The reasons why, God knows the places and the spaces of your heart, you have secrets that nobody else has ever heard or you've never uttered. But sometimes we need to share those, number one, with God himself, and then trusted people who care, and they'll pray for you, and they'll help the healing process. So God knows. Oh, he loves us. Do you know that song? Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves. Receiving God's love is probably my biggest point. To be able to receive the transformation, to be able to say, I need transformation in this area, and God, I receive your love. Because believers, we are so zealous in terms of helping people and doing the work, and we're saved, and it's wonderful, and we're going to do this, and we're going to... And then God says, can I just love on you? In fact, there was a time in prayer that the Lord said to me, before you pray, can I just love on you? I'm like, whoa, okay, worship music or sing a song, silence, I receive, Lord. 
just in those moments, letting go, surrendering, yielding. Take off the mask. Jesus has got a mission statement. This is his mission. In Luke 4, he, he was quoting from the book of Isaiah, verse 61. He was quoting a scripture that was spoken out 700 years before. He opened the book, the scroll, and he declared, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the? He sent me to heal the? So to, to admit you've got a broken heart is not the deal. It's just to receive Jesus' mission, and it goes on. But I want to focus. He came to heal the brokenhearted. God doesn't just patch us up. He binds up our wounds. He takes those things and heals them by the power of his spirit. He transforms us from glory to glory. He takes our pain and then he heals us, pours his anointing in, and then we go to the same brokenhearted people and we can dispense the same healing that we've received because he's done it. There are three people that I quickly want to talk about. One is Ms. I've practiced this name for the whole week, Mephibosheth. Say that 10 times, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan, who was the son of the first king of Israel, Saul. Jonathan and David became great friends. They made a covenant, a partnership with one another, that if anything ever happened to Anyone in their family, they would take care of them. On one day, Mephibosheth's father, Jonathan, and Saul were killed in battle. If that's not trauma, I don't know what is. Mephibosheth's nurse, he was five years of age, grabbed him because the fear was if the king and the son of the king has been killed, the enemy will come after the heir which was Mephibosheth. He's five years of age. The nurse picks him up and dashes and, uh, to get out of wherever she was. She drops the child. The ch- he must have broken bones and they never reset because he was crippled for the rest of his life. And he lived in a place called Lodibar, which means desolate place. It was a place where all the misfits went. Mephibosheth must have had such a low self-image of himself. He didn't um, pursue his royal heritage. He thought, he actually said to David, he called himself a dead dog. I'm just a dead dog. Why would you even consider me? King David, after time, it must have been a long period of time because Mephibosheth already had children. He said to his servant, is there anybody of Saul's lineage that I can show kindness to? And he said, yes, there's a a grandson of Saul, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. And he said, well, find him, bring him. Mephibosheth thought, my God, the king is calling for me. What's going to happen to me? He was fearful. But King David said these words, And it's in uh, 2 Samuel 9, 7. It says, I will surely show your kindness, you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will 
restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will be always eat at my table. So that's a, to me, that's a picture of what the Father does for us. When we come to Jesus, he restores our lives and he sits us at the king's table. We are sons and daughters and heirs of the promise from the kingdom of God. So why call yourself, I'm not good enough, or I, I'm not like that person, or why compare yourself to anyone? Because God has placed you at his table. You are a son and daughter of the King of Kings. To me, that's a restoration story. You can read the whole story. It's an amazing story. And then I go into the New Testament, and I find Mary Magdalene. Oh, my gosh. That woman, I can't wait to meet her in heaven and have a chat. Her surname wasn't Magdalene. She was from a place called Magdala in Israel. And so she was restored by Jesus. Look at this story in um, Luke uh, 8, 1. And the 12 were with him. Oh, no, sorry. Now it came to pass afterwards that he went through every city, this is Jesus, and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him, the 12 blokes, right? And certain women, go the women. Can I hear from the women? Can I hear from the men? (laughs) Okay. Certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. I've been healed of evil spirits. I've been transformed because I've been delivered from infirmities, which is another word for sickness. Mary called Magdalene, and out of whom had come seven demons. She was, and there are other women also, as you can see, she was a woman of means. Magdala was a place of great trade. She wasn't poor. She was actually a woman that contributed to the ministry of Jesus for the rest of his ministry. She had a lot of money. These women provided substance for the ministry. But what, what a transformation, seven demons, seven tormenting things that were just coming against her, coming against her. The, um, the anxiety, the, the oppression, the affliction, the torment. And in a moment, she meets Jesus. And in a moment, those seven demons are instantly dispelled, out, gone. And for the rest of her days, she lived her transformed life with, she joined the band of disciples. She was there when they crucified Jesus. Many, many, many of the disciples hightailed it. They were out of there, gone. We know that John, the, the apostle, was there, John, the beloved, and many Marys, Mary, his mother, and Auntie Mary, and Mary Magdalene, to stand there and to watch the Saviour, Messiah, bleed and die, agony, torment. She didn't run away. What a comfort. From the other side, I would have thought, what a comfort to Jesus to have his mum and even at the cross. One of the amazing things that happened was Jesus asked and declared, John, 
here is your mother, which was his mother, Mary. He commissioned John to take care of his mother. That's the tender, beautiful heart of our Jesus. Mary was there the morning. She went to dress the body, pour oil, but she didn't see the body on that Easter morning that we celebrate after Passover. She was the first one there. Jesus appeared to her. What honour he gave her. And she was the first one to declare, He's risen! He's risen! I was there when they crucified him. Remember? He said in three days, I'll, I'll rise from the dead. And she said, Jesus had told her, tell them to go and meet me in Jerusalem. She ran to tell the apostles and many of them didn't believe, but John and Peter ran to the tomb and saw that he'd gone and the angels appeared. He's not here. He's risen. Transformation comes, real transformation, not a quick fix, not a 21-day change your habit, but the power of the Holy Spirit to transform you and I from one level of glory So the level of glory you might be in could be that you come to church and you sit here and it's a great atmosphere to be in and and you just like the people, but you've never, ever, ever experienced the transformation, conversion of repenting from sin because the purpose of Jesus on the cross was to bear the sin and the weight of everyone's sin, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have, have everlasting life. And he did not come into this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Saved from separation from, from the presence of God for eternity. Saved from sin into life and freedom. I tell you, the weight of my sin, I was 15, and I felt the weight of my sin as a 15-year-old. I had many issues. I was molested as a child. Enter, shame. I was exposed to pornography. Enter, lust. I was full of anxiety. Enter, fear. I was so lonely and isolated. But when I was 15, somebody told me in a gathering of 500 Catholic girls, God loves you. He's real. Jesus is a saviour. Do you want to receive him? 80 of us gave our lives to Christ. Yes, we went on a crazy um, born again, we were evangelizing on trains and in Melbourne, and, but I didn't do any heart work. I was saved. If I had died, I would have gone straight to heaven, but I'd done no heart work, so therefore within four years I was still back doing my own thing, singing in pubs, clubs, doing my own thing, walked away from my saviour because I didn't do any heart work and there was no connect group and there was no one to walk me through the journey. Last year, the year in the Word, these heart scriptures, 
These heart scriptures have changed my life. I've been working on these heart scriptures for 12 months and I've, and I still, I've written my little revelations on the back of these, the scriptures to do the work of the heart. Psalm 119.11, I'm not going to read them all. Psalm 139, I'm not going to read it. Matthew, they're all there. If you don't have these, talk to your connect group leader or talk to somebody out there and do the heart work with the scriptures that will change your heart. So let's close our eyes, shall we? If you're here today and, and your level of glory is that you're in this building but you've never called upon the name of Jesus to save your soul, I'm going to lead in a prayer. I did it at 15, I did it again when I was 32 because I needed to come back to the Lord. And I did, and I have stayed with him. So if you need to come back and surrender your life, it's called, you know, you were, we call it backslidden. You at home, you know your heart, search your heart. Or if you just don't have an assurity, you, there are so many kids at the school I'm at who are afraid of dying. That's the number one thing I hear, the fear of dying. If you're not assured of a glorious place in heaven for eternity with every other believer, you need to say this prayer. It's a prayer to open your heart to God and then you start the heart work. You do not understand the Bible or the things of God until you are born again. So if you say, but I don't even understand the Bible, I've tried to read it, I've, I don't get it. Or if you're caught up with the traditions of man, church that does things um, in certain ways and they become issues for you, drop them. Drop it all and see Jesus. Because he sees you. So I'm going to say a prayer. And if you, we're all going to pray the prayer. But if you're saying that, Kathy, I really need to be born again. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand up and I'm going to acknowledge you. Say, yes, great. Why do I have to put my hand up in church? You don't have to put your hand up in church. You can be saved walking along the street. But there's something about a public recognition of Jesus Christ. Uh, this is where it happened for me. So I'm going to ask you to put your hand up and then put it down. If you'd like to be included in this prayer, to be born again, come back to God, have the assurance of heaven, put your hand up now. Say, Kathy, I want to do that right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. As I'm looking around the room, if there's anyone in this place that wants to be included in those, thank you, yes, yes, thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you, God. Just wait a moment. Sit in this moment. Anyone else? Just put your hand up straight up and I'll acknowledge it and you can put it down. Thank you, Lord. Well, church, as we declare this confession of faith in Christ, Think about somebody you know and at home, if you put your hand up, pray that prayer wherever you are, this prayer. Think about somebody that you know that's not yet saved. 
And let's say this prayer as a prophetic act for that person or those people. Let's say this, Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to save my soul. I believe Jesus Christ died for my sin and I'm sorry for my sin. I come to you, Jesus, and receive you as my Saviour and as my Lord. Holy Spirit, fill me up to overflowing with your love. With your help, I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for everyone in the sound of my voice that even in this moment, Lord, we've been transformed by the power of your word. Let us, Holy Spirit, do the heart work every day. Remind us of what Jesus told us. As we put the word in, help us to walk it out, to help others, to be a conduit of your love, to be an influencer for Jesus Christ. And we give you all the glory in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you.